Hello and welcome to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine and I've got Eric Silva-Brenneman in the room with me. Eric, Hello. how are you? You know, I'm here. Yeah, you are... It's nice uh, to be distracted at this point. Yeah, so we will definitely not be talking about the Brazilian election <laughs> yeah. today on this podcast, but um, my uh, heart goes out to you and your family. Uh, Alex Schieferdecker, uh, you are in Pennsylvania. Um, uh, how are you doing? Great. I thought we were talking about the American election on this podcast. Yes, yeah. yeah. It, well, we will get to um, part three is uh, continuing our series on gentrification. And uh, <laughs> Rodrigo was going to come, but thought we were recording at the bar and then got mad and went home. <laughs> so sorry, Rodrigo. Uh, we'll just we'll try to come up with all the opinions that you would have said anyway. But uh, uh, anyway, welcome. So, something about Chilcano. Yeah, Chil- about yeah, triple heat. Triple Chilcano. More Peruvians. Yada, yada, yada. Stay at the bar and just drink, right. drink the Pisco. Right, right. Um, anyway, thanks uh, all for joining us. We have, you know, it's, it's the end of the season. So we're not going to do like a full recap yet. That is going to come in two weeks on uh, November 14th at, uh, at the Black Heart of St. Paul in the lounge and back. I'm going to do a live show with uh, Jeff Reuter and uh, Bruce McGuire and everyone can come and so put that on your calendars 7 p.m. Uh, um, November 14th and uh, and next week I think we'll take off because there's another live podcast that week uh, we call it soccer those guys also Minnesota um, soccer uh, podcast um, they're doing a live show that includes Bridget McDowell and Meg Ryan um, talking about the, the season. So that is uh, November 8th at the Black Heart of St. Paul in the, in the lounge. And that same week, I think Bruce is coming on the Minnesota football show, yeah, too. That's yeah, Saturday. So, yeah, yeah. You, uh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, basically, and then uh, we'll figure out who's doing the next live podcast at, at Black Heart the week after for Thanksgiving or something. But uh, So... But here we are. Superstar lineups. Yeah, we've got um, uh, this podcast where we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs. We'll talk about Minnesota United, but we've got lots of questions because it's that time of the year where we've just said everything, it feels like. Um, Repeated yeah, multiple times. But, uh, but we do. I do want some feedback. What do people, listeners, hit me up with DMs or emails at, west, at, at westberdine.com. With um, what, what what should we do during the off season? Obviously, we'll still talk about this team. We'll talk about uh, MLS playoffs as they go along. Talk about um, gentrification. We'll do yeah. We'll hit all, all of those needs. But like, uh, what what kind of questions? Because we can probably take an episode and talk about a few specific questions in depth. Um, and maybe I'll try to get uh, some former uh, Minnesota people on and interview them or something. But there you go. That takes like work. Ugh. <laughs> Um, but let's let's take a break uh, it's before we you know, just prepare ourselves to talk about everything. Here's big quarters. Here we are. It's a fifty-five-one podcast. Uh, Wes, Eric. Alex, I was going to say something uh, big quarters related, if I could. Yeah, yeah. Medium Zach is actually going to master my tunes that I'm. Oh yeah. Finished up here, so there's your direct big quarters connection to to my music. I hopefully coming out soon. We'll see. Um, yeah, well, obviously, as as that comes along, you can let us know oh, when it's coming. Of but um, we have uh, uh, playoffs coming up this week, uh, but 
you know, first I, I should say this uh, this last weekend we had the watch party for Minnesota United at Blackheart, and it was really fun for me because I knew maybe thirty percent of the people there, <laughs> and that was kind of great actually. Like it, like so some people I kind of vaguely Twitter knew, mm-hmm. and so was like, oh yeah, okay, right, like kind of going with going from an avatar to a face and stuff. Other people. I just didn't know it all, and so t- chatted some of them up, and they didn't know about the bar and stuff like that. And so it's really kind of great for me to see that. Yeah, it was um, a good turnout. Uh, yep, yeah, and it was a lot of fun to you know yell at grown men on screens, and uh, and it was great because you know we got a lot of support for the Kickstarter from that. We are almost to sixty nine percent. So you know if you're listening to this and you're like you really want to be nice. Um, you can go to the Kickstarter and, you know, basically, if you want to come to the midwinter uh, party and, uh, and, and kind of uh, be at that event, um, if you want to uh, um, have basically free drinks, uh, two free drinks every game next year and get all these other, other perks, um, that's like 400, over $400 worth of stuff for a $300 uh, um, uh, support. Anyway... Um, thank you, everyone who's supported. It really means a lot to us, uh, kind of as we kind of transition this bar. And uh, that's it. That's my plug. But do go check out the Kickstarter thing. Let's talk about the playoffs coming up. We had decision day. I don't know, Alex. Did you do watch a bit more of the flip around, or uh, what was your experience with decision day? Did you watch those other games? So. I, I, you know, I, I heard that Fox was doing a flip around, but I don't have a TV. Um, so I was just, and it, it didn't seem to be available on online. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was just watching and flipping between a bunch of streams. And the fact that the Minnesota game was weather delayed really helped because, right, right. Uh, you know, you could watch a bunch of games while we were waiting for, for that to get going again. And I had a different, you know, I had a different. Um, had a different screen, so I was slipping back and forth between the Orlando and the New York game, and then the uh, Atlanta and Toronto game, and I managed to miss uh, every goal in all of those games, uh, <laughs> of which there flipping. were quite a few, especially in the Toronto Atlanta, yeah, the, the crappiest yeah. flip around. <laughs> well, yeah, so I, I didn't do a very good job of it, but but it was um, it's fun, you know. I, I it's the first day of the season when you have all these games back to back and you can start watching soccer at noon and finish watching soccer at midnight that's a lot of fun but the final day of the season when everyone's playing at once and you're sort of weighing these different scores and there was you know for a long time it was um Atlanta was choking but you had to we were questioning whether the Red Bulls were were going to be able to um put it away with a goal on their end you know, it was all kinds of fun drama, and then of course the absolute collapse of the LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I guess this is the time to talk about it since they did not make the playoffs. But um, I, I, there was just—it's fun when things are going on and constantly changing, and you're constantly having to update your your sort of uh, your bracket or, or what yeah. you know who is where, and that's that's you know, just a blast. LA Galaxy up to nothing at the half, lose three to two at home to the against Houston, a bad team. Yeah, mm-hmm. to the Houston Dynamo, um, it, it, crazy um, result and uh, and kind of spectacularly Schadenfreude. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the Red Bulls obviously was the big result. I am like a closeted Red Bulls fan. I just think that I appreciate what they do so much. Yeah. Uh, they're fun to watch. I hate Atlanta. So, <laughs> yes, I was happy um, when, when they put it away. Um, if only uh, BWP could have like scored enough goals to beat Joseph Martinez's uh, <laughs> goal scoring record this year, I would have. That would have been the chance. Oh, but come on, man! He's he had to get that uh, center photo shot with Messi and Ronaldo and all. Yeah, that. Joseph did. <laughs> he didn't see that. No. Oh yeah. Oh wow. MLS MLS put out a graphic Take that was like yeah. global yeah. scoring elite, and, and, it he, was just and he's like goal. four he times bigger than the other guys. All the other. Yeah. Like the top scorer in the you know the Bundesliga, <laughs> yeah. EPL, and yeah, it's pretty bad. I was going to say that I had to get home for family dinner, and so because of the weather delay, uh, I actually watched more of the KC match than yeah, anything, yeah, which was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, that was a good game as well. Yeah, the uh, and the the rain delay kept people drinking at the bar longer, so it made me feel better. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the way this all shakes out is that playoffs are now coming up with the, the just quick knockout round, which is um, Wednesday and Thursday. So uh, the first game Wednesday is uh, New York versus Philly at 6 p.m. Central. And then 8.30, it's Dallas and Portland. We'll have these games on at the bar, uh, obviously. And then Thursday, uh, it's 7 p.m. D.C. versus Columbus. 9.30 p.m. L.A. versus Real Salt Lake. Um, Alex, which one of these are you most excited about? Or yeah, I am. I am most excited about the 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 L.A. RSL game and the D.C. Columbus game. Both uh, both Thursday games because I think that those will have the best atmosphere. Um, I really oh, I, the, my enjoyment of of FC Dallas is really tempered by the fact that it's always a, such a terrible atmosphere in their stadium, and that comes through on on the TV. And, and it'll be Wednesday, eight thirty on Halloween night. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not sure about that scheduling, but um, I, you know, th- that's a game that I'm. That is, I think, of all these four matches, the the one with the biggest potential for an upset, um, because Gio Savarese is just a stone cold killer in knockout games. And Dallas have looked shaky in the second half of the season. Yeah, but it's also the game that I think is going to be the most boring to watch. Um, and so I, I'm really those Thursday games look really good to me, um, especially the DC Columbus game. That, that it looks so like the game that will have the best um, atmosphere plus be the most even. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I guess I, I was actually looking at the New York uh, Philadelphia game as, as being one that was exciting, mostly because I feel like I've got a pretty good. I think LAFC will beat RSL. I think uh, um, DC United will beat Columbus. Um, neither of those are foregone conclusions. But New York Philly is one that I just don't. Uh, I don't know. You know, New York has been so bad. Um, Philly are just scrappy and could really actually pull something out. I, I kind of like Philadelphia as well uh, and, and want Jim Curtin to get a bit more of his due. Uh, but yeah, th- these are these are not lights out uh, matchups yet. You know, once we get to this next round and we get, uh, uh, you know, it'll be what, like New York versus the winner of DC and Columbus, I think it, it, it is. And so we get a it's New really York and DC game would be pretty awesome, mm-hmm. you know. And that's it. And then next round, which will be start this weekend, that's it. that's two legs, 
And so, yeah, that'll be that'll be a blast. Well, let's just say one one thing, which is that the New York and, and Philly played this weekend, and New York won pretty convincingly. New York City, I should say. Yeah. Um. So that, I guess that that that's coloring my impression of that game. I would love to see Philly win as well, but but also the longer New York stays in, the the more likely we have a another New York against New York City match and in the playoffs I think it would be a blast. Do either of you guys know when was the last time that Philly was was in the playoffs like this? Is that a pretty regular they've occurrence? They've been in the playoffs twice before. Okay. They were in last they, year. And no, then, two years ago two years, when they got hammered years. by Toronto. Okay. There you go. In Toronto. Um yeah, yeah, having a, a um New York Derby for the the Eastern Conference final would be Pretty pretty awesome, like Red uh, Bull versus DC in the in the first in the second round, and then New York yeah. City versus New York in the third round would be amazing. Yeah, be yeah, I'm not sure if we have other than if Portland and Seattle got to a a, a playoff. Yeah, um, uh, we don't quite have anything quite as as full of fireworks um, in in the West. Um, let, so yeah, so then the other, the other thing I was going to say is that Arsenal Liverpool is on at twelve thirty on Saturday, so we'll have that on at the game and have a bunch of people there for it. Or I think we'll have a bunch of people. If you're there, then there will be a bunch of people. <laughs> um, so anyway, those those Show are the things listeners. going on. Um, and uh, yeah, let's let's should we go right into Minnesota United uh, Columbus and just get it over with? Or sure, just do it. Do it. Screw the brakes. <laughs> Damn the torpedoes. Do, do, cat, um, do, cat, do, cat, do, yeah, you do, do your own. You yeah. Um, <laughs> so Minnesota, we're always going to lose this game. I feel like there was there was uh, no unless there was a perverse world. There's no no question. Um, but uh, Columbus Crew, I guess, are kind of stinky at times. Uh, what can we say about this? I don't want to walk through all the goals and everything. There was Lampson dropping a ball. There was uh, uh, the first goal was completely not marking a man at the top of the box on a corner. Uh, the third goal was uh, Calvo completely forgetting to mark. Uh, I wrote down Justin Miram, but it wasn't Miram who wrote, who put the cross in. I think um, uh, just wa- ball watching. Yeah. Uh, you know, you I thought that Calvo. one was not. Can we can we talk about the third goal? I, yeah. I didn't think that it was Calvo's fault. I thought he was expecting a better offside line by his other defenders. Hmm. He didn't have any vision of of the of the player though. So I, hmm. I mean I, that I, could be. I I thought he knew he was there, but I thought he was just trying to trying to play a, a higher line. That could be. That's much more charitable. I mean, Calvo did I score two goals that. in this game, and. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, um, it, it looked for a second once Calvo got us back to two-two that it would just be a an, uh, a troll job. Although um, Columbus was already into the playoffs, and so they they didn't really care. But um, yeah, what 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 can you say, Alex? I guess uh, about this game, positive or negative, or did we learn anything? Do you care even? Well, for the first time ever, we substituted the players I wanted to see substituted. <laughs> you we got some. We got a, uh, a you know a cup of coffee for Wyatt Omsberg. Uh, Ramayer Obara came on. Uh, Abu Dunladi came on. Um, so there was a little bit of a uh, very belated youth movement. So I was I was pleased about that. But Omsberg came on mostly because of uh, an injured yeah, call. Yeah, they, they virtually <laughs> all came on because yeah. of injuries. But yeah. hey, if that's what it takes, that's what it yeah, takes. Yeah, but Omsberg wasn't. I mean, do you, do you, what did you think of him? 
I thought he was adequate. I, I mean, I, I just, okay. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really care how he plays. I just want him to play because yeah, he, he is going to get better. He needs to play to get better. I mean, but it's perfectly within reason that maybe he's not going to get better and be good. I mean, there's lots of players who are drafted who end up, uh, you know, being consigned to the history books or to USL or yeah, but how do we know if he never gets a chance, That's right? True. I mean, yeah, we know by and and, and and I mean, this has been the point. I'm I'm not going to belabor it too much, right. but I mean, we 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 have been in this position where we have had no chance in making the playoffs for a very long time, and yet the 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 management of the club has refused to even try to gamble on younger players. Just infuriating to me, really. I, I can't. I can't stand it. Well, and even the ones that are out there. I mean, how confident do you feel about Bobby, Fernando, Bobby, and Maximiano, and you know whoever else are those newbies? I mean, I'm. I don't feel super confident about. At least we get to see them, done. though. We got I mean, to see them. But we're losing with the old people, so why can't we lose with the young people? Right. Well, I bet I'm. I'm glad we got to see Maximiano and, and Fernando Bob out there. I'm glad we got to see Colin Martin finally, who had yeah, he got a start. That was yep, random me. injury forever that um, I just <clears> never heard anything about, and then he comes back on and starts and looked all right. Actually, I think it, it was probably his best game this year. He hasn't looked very good this year. Um, but I mean, I'm, I guess I'm glad I get to see Fernando Bob and Maximiano because uh, we needed to know if they were going to be, if you're going to keep them around for next year. I mean, for but a how, while. Well, Maxi- how do you feel then? Now that you've seen them, <laughs> that's what uh, I'm saying. I, I think, um, I think, uh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I would. I, I think um, both of them. I'd like to see around next year. Okay. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, mm. the likelihood of the, that we're going to be able to really improve on that many spots is low. And so, yeah, I but would that's rather... the spot. That's the priority spot. Yep. Yeah. And so, keep those two around. Rasmus Schuler, sign up another guy. Uh, uh, Maxi is young and. That would be the reason I would keep him. I, I thought Bob reminded me of, of Giuliano Vicentini so much in that he was good on the ball, calm on the ball, and, and not he needed an Aaron Pitchcolan type player to, to protect him defensively because he was positionally, in terms of awareness, in terms of just sort of grit, he wasn't he wasn't tough enough defensively. And as a, I mean he's a defensive midfielder, that's what we need. He's definitely not as sexy as Giuliano. I mean, I, I, no. I, when you think, I mean, he he's taking up an international spot. I, I just, to me, it would be, I, I, if I were running the team, which of course they will do the opposite of what I want. But if I were running the team, I, I, I can't imagine that I would have Bob back, and I would be really dubious about getting Maximiano back. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the same time, if, if you say that, uh, I, I'm not gonna fight you on it you know if, if they're gone <laughs> and they improve on it then then great um i just think the that you know every year we, we see players brought in and then it's like there's because then they just get jettisoned and we find a new version of that guy the the as we talked about the um yeah. jermaine taylor the uh <laughs> i almost did it again tyrone mears i remembered his name uh you know just basically we'll find whatever next year's jermaine taylor is again and 
you know, the, the same we go through these mid You're looking for some kind of consistency. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to bring them in, then bring them in and build off of them and find a better player um, yeah. rather than just bringing in the same B-minus level player and replacing them with the same B-minus level player who takes a while to bet in. Um, I, that's why I'm glad that Schuler is back because he's gotten better this year. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought uh, with um, Dinladi and with... Uh, um, uh, Rodriguez in there uh, playing this four-three-three system. There basically the, it was boot the ball to the guy to the to the striker and then spend five minutes for the rest of the team to catch up to them to run up and uh, you know it, it's not not effective and it's ugly to watch. It's not a good way to use. Uh, you know, players like Darwin Quintero, players like Miguel. Barra, you know, that's what I was thinking. Both yeah. of them are fast, but they're they're best when they um, can use their sp- speed in tight areas. Well, they need the ball too. They yeah. want the ball. Yeah, and and so getting them close, all close together, right? Miguel's best thing uh, moments this year were when Christian or Darwin would uh, pull the attention. Miguel would run in and get the ball and score or something like that. He'd make a r- late run. Um, those those players and not uh, you know when it was Christian etc. They've all played really well in tight spaces and you know obviously that requires uh, us to kind of leave the midfield more wide open. So but we need to find somewhere in between because uh, if we're going to this kind of bulk up the midfield, still not be better any any better defensively, and now we no longer look good offensively. It's it, it's it's weird. But do you have anything else to say about this game, Alex or or, or Eric? I, I, I thought it was just it was very symptomatic of the way we've played all year, and it wasn't very fun. And uh, I I sure hope that I, I mean I sure hope there's a plan. Let's just say that that the team went on something of a PR offensive around the game with Manny giving an interview and Adrian Heath. Giving an interview to the uh, to the Pioneer Press, and I think that neither of them read the room particularly well, um, and it I was missed, not. I missed inspiring. the mid game stuff. I couldn't hear Manny. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't hear the stuff either. What what uh, what what, it, what was said? Nothing. I mean, you've heard Manny speak before. Yeah, I know. It was Manny. the same. It, I mean, it was just At the end of the day. It's just. It's just. It. it I mean, it, the sort of fundamental issue that it keeps coming down to is that no one is really willing to admit that the team took a big step backward and did not is not playing well. And like, you know, I, it doesn't. We don't need. I don't necessarily need someone to be scapegoated for it, but someone should take responsibility and accountability for it and say in more concrete terms how it's going to get better. And if we, if, if the team can't even acknowledge that things really took a, took a, you know, a back, a back step this year, then that's a problem. I miss Jordan Klepper's old show where he'd actually put out the gaslight and be like, look at my gaslight. Everybody <laughs> stare at the gaslight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that it, I thought it was pretty ominous that after that, what was it, like a half an hour at least weather delay, that immediately it kicks off and they score like right away. I was yeah. like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I say, um, uh, 
Evan Ream, who is a California-based yeah. uh, journalist, had an interesting tweet. I don't know if you guys saw it. I did. Did you no. see it? Um, he, he said basically, uh, for Minnesota fans, um, talking to an MLS player a few days ago who said Adrian Heath ran some amazing training sessions. He also said that Heath was one of the worst managers he's had in keeping a solid locker room, a statement echoed by another former player of his that I know. Hmm. And I just thought that was an interesting comment because uh, <laughs> we, we, we have seen Minnesota this year play hard at times, but we've seen these this sort of repeated inability to make adjustments and, 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 and come out of breaks, especially, um, looking good. Yeah. And I just, uh, you know, I don't know the full story, but I just thought that was an interesting, an interesting take. Indeed. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I've said this 70 times. I'm just repeating it. But I, I'm at a loss for figuring out if you are in a position of authority, what you're looking at that says next year will be better, right? Like, what are the what are the things you're like, okay, yeah, this this was bad. You know, we didn't have uh, Cronin and, and these guys and, and Molino and Finley, but we'll be, we'll be, you know, these are the down parts, but this is what's going to bring us through. Like, it, we're just going to magically find find these players. You know, like, uh, you saw what one player can do for a team in Zlatan and Rooney and Darwin. And only in two, one of those cases did the team actually make the, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, that Rooney also was helped out by having... Uh, Russell Knauss have an amazing year and having yeah. uh, um, all, these other players around them play really well and having a brand new stadium and you know whatever maybe they think the brand new stadium yeah. is going to be magic but that's, that's you know wouldn't superstar. you want it, I just don't understand what they see and they're like no I think I think next year will be better we're on a trajectory when literally because this game ended three two we finished worse than last year we had the same amount of points in, de- in defense against. yeah and we're and and yeah more goals against and weirdly enough no demidov <laughs> I, I think like demidov uh you know i've made we a million beer. demidov jokes and i still think they're funny but like obviously we know now that demidov was nowhere near the problem for this team and he was an easy scapegoat and um and this year has really revealed that truth so maybe let's on that let's uh let's uh take a break and we've got because i've got this one question that uh that i post to twitter and i want to i want to go through some of it back on the 55 one podcast i'm wes eric you're going to start us off here alex is in philadelphia but here's the question i put to Twitter because I just wanted a, a topic to talk about. Yeah, how's this Minnesota United fans? I want to hear your dream trades for the off season. And this is also actually because let me premise this: I, I had this thought like, what if what if LA Galaxy don't want Zlatan anymore? Can you imagine if Zlatan was playing with Quintero behind them, uh, behind him, and like how awesome that would be? And just thinking <laughs> about how much fun that would be, uh, I don't think it'll happen. I think there's like a 5% chance something like that would happen. But So then I said, I want your, ho- 
your dream trades for the offseason must be within the realm of possibility, but may stretch that realm. So mm-hmm. we're not talking uh, Leo Messi, but we're talking, I don't know. We'll the see. next Leo so, Messi. So Eric, you, you start <laughs> us off here. Sure. This is uh, from Jacob Schneider. Uh, he says, if I had my choice, I'd sign Dario Benedetto from Boca Juniors. He'd probably cost 6 to $10 million. If we chose to sign a striker as a legitimate DP, he's my number one. Also, Omar Gonzalez. I mean, Benedetto had an amazing match this past week in the uh, uh, semifinal there at uh, Libertadores against Palmeiras. Uh, he looked amazing. It, it, it took a while. It was, it was kind of one of those... Uh, boxing matches back and forth for almost the entire match and then he turned it on in the uh, I think it was like the 84th and 88th minute basically towards the end of the game and just two amazing goals but that's that's just a, a snippet of the way things have been going all season he's I mean, the top goal scorer I think uh, maybe in the entire Argentine league at this point or, or close to it he's he's lethal um Transfer and market God, says his move. current market value is 10 million euros. He can move, so. man. He can move. Uh, uh, he, he and yeah. Quintero together would be fire. Just thinking about that movement. Um, uh, he, he brings up, uh, Jacob here also brings up Omar Gonzalez, yeah. who, who other, I think other people brought up. Uh, you know, Omar is far more in the realm of possibility, I, I, I think, uh, in, in that absolutely, I think if the team went after him and sold him on it, you know, he's 30 years old now, uh, you know, not a spring chicken, but you get three, four, four years out of having a leader on your team. Right, which is uh, also you know, something we desperately need. Omar has, has always had, like, a, you know, kind of... He's been spotty at times, but, like, for a team like ours, he would be, obviously, the best defensive piece there. Um, I, I don't know. Do you, do you have any thoughts on either of these, Alex? I mean, they're amazing, right? <laughs> That'd be really good. Um, yeah. If we keep reading through these answers, I, I think that on the Omar Gonzalez is one idea for a defender. Uh, Mark Fangmeyer writes, whatever Minnesota can do to steal Tim Parker away needs to be done. <laughs> uh, he also mentions Johan Kappelhoff, Matt Hedges, or Justin Glad. Um, I would be surprised if, well, Kappelhoff maybe, but the other... Three, I don't expect to go anywhere. Yeah, Justin Glad is is uh, yeah, no way, Justin Glad prized by RSL. Um, Tim Parker, it sounds like wants to go to Europe. Um, and uh, you've been uh, on that train, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I knew that that Tim Parker would not be a, a available for us. But you know, when he went to New York, it was like, oh man, why didn't we make that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's because New York took him, knowing that he would be he would be gone. Uh, Matt Hedges, I've been on that train for forever, just like I was on Walker Zimmerman train, and he went to LAFC. Uh, you know, same thing with Mike, Michael Parkhurst when he went to Atlanta, and just these guys who are, um, you know, th- there's, there. I've, I think I've said this before, but like there are two types of positions where I want them to spend big. I don't want them to go young. I want them to spend big on a 30 year old who can help. Give this team character and give it a uh, um, fresh blood and leadership, and that's like a you know Michael Bradley or obviously a step below Michael, but Dax McCarty. Mm-hmm. A uh, he comes up here um, at some point. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and or a Omar Gonzalez or a Tim Ream or yeah. a um, you know Matt Hedges. What are these guys who can who can create? Um, 
create this this kind of stability and leadership in the locker room that I just don't see. Um, Garth Grauberg says uh, um, both Heaths for four pennies and a, a bag of size three balls. So, okay. Um, Adam Jarvie, who is a big uh, Liga MX fan, um, and I don't know if he's a specifically Club America fan, but he was on the Darwin Quintero train before, like before it was like even a mm. train. You know, he built it. Good on him. Like eighteen nineties. He built the railroad. <laughs> yeah, he built the yeah. railroad. Um, uh, he said my shopping list would be going down to uh, um, to Liga MX with a briefcase full of cash, which is how they do business. So, for um, Bruno Valdez, who's uh, Club America, twenty six year old center back, right back with uh, twenty caps for Paraguay, and uh, Guido Rodriguez, twenty uh, four year old defensive midfielder, former Cholos, uh, he's now Club America, and he's Argentinian. Uh, I don't know a damn thing about these guys, but I'm let me. Text Manny. Beep boop up sure. beep. <laughs> um, do you want to go next? Um, sure. We've got uh, Jake Hemish. Did I pronounce it? I think. Sure. Uh, Francisco Calvo and 200K Tam for Diego Chara. <laughs> yeah. If that would work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, the thing is, I feel like most of our players by now, even, even though we value, or the team values uh, Calvo very highly. Um, they kind of look at him and be like, "If the money, why, why would you know? How about Francisco Calvo and like whatever money, or just just give us yeah. the money?" I mean, obviously Diego Chara, you know, he'll come up again, but a, a strong defensive midfielder. You know, mm-hmm. Portland wins when Diego Chara is on there, but Chara is a legend for that team. He's yeah, uh, I don't think he's going. He's, a, he's an OG, right? He was there in the first MLS season for them. Mm, he might have been, yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean he's he's been with that team since God knows how long, a long time. Um, yeah, since twenty eleven, two hundred three thirty two appearances for them. So, wow. yeah, I think. Uh, I didn't realize. Yeah, let Portland have Diego Chara. We don't need Diego Chara. Yeah, he was That's their okay. first DP. Um, so uh, I'm okay with the Cowboy thing, though. I mean, like in terms of our viable players that we could actually. You know, either get a, a good trade or money or both. I think, you know, yeah. he's the dude. We um, need our own Diego Chara. That's the thing. We need to find a player like him. They're easy to find. Who can be ours. Yeah, well, clearly. Um, no, I mean, but that's the goal. That That is the that is the goal for Minnesota. Right. Uh, Nicholas Poe says, uh, send Michael Boxall and 250 Tam to Vancouver for Kendall Waston. Um uh, yeah, there are a couple of people who talked about sending Michael Box- Boxall. Yeah, Boxall got some hate in this guy. one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think th- that it's hard to imagine. <clears throat> I don't know what the market is for Michael Boxall. I imagine the market is stronger in Colorado for Michael <laughs> Boxall <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> because it's his former coach. But that actually, Van- I mean, up. Vancouver already had Michael Boxall, and they got rid of him several years ago. I, uh, you know, I, I think um, the. I think we underrate maybe Michael Boxall's uh, um, value because um, I, I think he he's a pretty good um, center back, and I'm trying to look up what his uh, salary is. It's like two hundred. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say it's two fifty. Uh, a good, I would say, a, a pretty decent 
center back in the league, 250 is not that bad. I think there are some teams that that would go for that. The Calvo thing is really that, like, well, he costs a lot of money. And, like, if he kind of fully lived up to his hype, if he was a center back, that means a lot. But as a left back, a $500,000 left back is like, well, you know, we've got our, we've got, yeah. I think we are overrating Michael Boxall's value. And I think that partially because he looks the part, but he has been a center back for a year and a half on two of the worst defensive teams in league history. Hmm. And before that, he was a, 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 an infrequent player for a bad Vancouver Whitecaps team. And in between those two MLS stints, he did not play at a league superior to MLS. So I would be, if, if someone comes to Minnesota with an offer for Michael Boxall, I mean, I, I'd take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> Fair enough. The, um, the Boxall fire continues on uh, this episode. Dustin Lifung uh, did killed that. Um, in no order, uh, he says, bring in Matias Laba. We've talked many times about him. And Omar Gonzalez on loans with options to buy. Uh, as high max TAM players, this is very specific. Trade Kevin Molino and TAM for one of, for one of Victor Ujoa or Carlos Guerrero, and convince the front office that Guillermo Barros Scaloto <laughs> might be a better option might. than the incumbent. Might the, like that he doesn't name name him. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. So we talked about Omar Gala- Gonzalez. Uh, Matias Laba obviously is more is is a is a central midfielder uh, who has not really been. I, I don't know. If, if we've heard his name called in forever, what what happened to Matias Lava? Didn't he get traded? Yeah, but he's. Th- what's I he thought he got. Doing? I thought he got sent out of the league. Well, yeah, but what's he been doing since? He oh, has I have no idea. Well, he has he one plays match. For okay, mm. he's got one um, match played for them this year. I, so, like the Shaloto thing is like, I I think that if. I think that if Shiloto were really interested in coming to MLS, he would have come to MLS already. There's no way that he has not been approached by teams with more pull than we have. So I don't know about that. I think that there's there there haven't been that many <clears throat> options that would that are are real. Like where you don't think that like San Jose tested the waters with him before signing Almeida? Yes, yeah, but maybe Almeida impressed them more. I mean. I, I, I made as a big. I feel like I've heard Shiloto's name as like the top tier of MLS coaching potential for like many years now. Yeah, and, and, and it, yeah. nothing has ever suggested that he was being interviewed or being seriously considered. Yeah, I, 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 I have no insight to that other than I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. We can both speculate. Um, dream. We can dream. Uh, Carl Bates says, Michael Boxall to the Rapids from Marlon Harrison and 150 Gam want to shed Boxall to force the team to sign two starting center backs and Harrison would be a capable right back for next season. Um, I mean, I think this is why I was talking about Maxi Miano and, and Bob this way. Realistically, this team... With it, with its assets, can pull in a couple of really good starting players. Let's say three maximum for next year. The rest of the players, you know, you still have to spend some sort of uh, assets to get even your uh, 
good rotating players. Your Eric Millers, your who else do we, you know, the um, these guys, you still have to spend money to bring them in. And so there will be a lot of, like every team does, we'll pick up a couple guys who hopefully we don't do them at first, uh, um, but who are, you know, squad players. Your next Jermaine Taylor, right? Um, uh, there's got to be another Heath out there that we can sign. <laughs> I thought last podcast we'd referenced that as a joke, and now we're talking about those kind of moves seriously. Uh, I mean, I know I was joking and serious. I mean, we those guys—it's that will happen. It's—it's. It's we have to do day. better than that. It's Groundhog Day. Mirrors Taylor—that wasn't good enough. Uh, and so, but but we will find uh, other squad players. You know, maybe Jer- uh, um, uh, Jerome Tison is going to go, and then we're going to get in another. You know, backup right back or or starting right back. Um, these things, those things will happen, and I think that um, for the center backs, we've got uh, Boxall right now. Boxall, Coleman, and Olmsberg. Depending on what the team actually thinks about Olmsberg from training, I would say you have a number two and a three center back. I, I don't think Boxall is that bad. Um, you can obviously improve on it, on him. But if we sign one great center back and one great central midfielder. I think this team is going to be all right next year, right? So no need to necessarily ship off guys like Boxall because then you have to replace the Boxalls. Then you you not only need a great player, but you also need another number two. You can replace Boxall for a lot less money. <laughs> with who then? Do your do your own tweet here. Come on, who are you replacing <laughs> him with? With like basically any third center back in the league who's oh, American. Come on. Come yeah, on. absolutely. All right, Nate, I, I'm going to go to another tweet. You think about this and come back okay. to me in, in a minute and a half. Uh, this comes from <laughs> pressure. another from Carl Bates. He says, uh, Dax McCarty for 400,000 TAM. We need to massively improve the midfield this summer, and other additions will probably come from outside the league. This would give us a high floor, safe option to build on. Still want us to add a big transfer number six this window as well. Well, if you're going to spend that much money on Dax, then you probably won't have the money for another big six. But Man, he'd be great, though. Yeah, I mean, he would have been great from the beginning. Yep. He's a leader. He's someone I, you can build a, a, a team around in part. Um, he's been injured a little bit this year, and so I, I would wonder uh, about that. We, he might... I don't know. I don't know what he's making, but we might. you might be able to get him for less or something like that if... if um, uh, you know, if if the fire or that big of a, a tire fire, then uh, you know who, who knows they can they can they can pull him in. Um, the uh, Brian Waters says Nicholas Benedetti. Oh, we're back. Keep to keep doing that one, man. Yeah. Keep keep singing that song. I mean, we got two Ibarras. We get a Benedetto and a Benedetti, huh? Yeah. Keep, keep it moving. Just really, really mess it up for all those Anglos trying to keep up. <laughs> Wait, uh, he's Benedetto? Oh, I thought there was a Ben. Oh, there's two. No, Carl, there's two of them. Uh, Charlie says uh, Wenger in and a center back. And we have the attacking talent. The team just needs to be coached. Uh, are you uh, Are you pro Wenger in, Eric? <laughs> I thought it was hysterical when I saw the sign in the in the, in the supporters yeah, section. The last game. 
Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> That's well played. Uh, and then speaking of, Heath Out says, uh, Angelo Rodriguez and Michael Boxall for a washing machine. <laughs> Man, Michael Boxall, really, people really want to ship him out. A lot of people on your, your uh, team here, Chief. Do you Decker. see how many goals we allowed Chief, this year? I know, we did. Chief is he in started on this like Twitter every account. game. Did you, see him miss, did you see him lose Laton? Did you see him lose Jesse's artist twice? He's on this Twitter account. He's running yeah. I mean, yeah, these are, these are all actually from Schieffer Decker's other. Uh, Zach Kaler says, need to get one of Russell Knauss, Carlos Grezo, Victor Ujoa, or David Guzman for the six roll. All of these, the number six is prized. Um, in order to get these guys, we're going to have to throw a ton of money. And I think the team needs to figure out that they do need to send a million dollars for... Another uh, another guy around the league now. Whether maybe those teams don't even want to get rid of them, but you know, do the do. The, I know it didn't. This I'm citing something that didn't work, but Philadelphia spent 1.3 million on, or whatever on David Akam. They were like, we want someone who that other team values highly. We're gonna get him. Mm-hmm. Minnesota needs to do that, and hopefully it'll work out way better than David Akam. But right. team seemed to work out all right for Philly in the end. I've got a defender for you. I thought of a good one. Sure. Just Jack one. Elliott, Philadelphia Union. Jack Elliott. He's no, he's no longer the future there because of Trusty and McKenzie. Okay. And he's and he's young. He's worth something. So Philly will be willing to trade him. We make a right deal. Jack Elliott. Get on it, man. All right, cool. Let me te- let me text Manny here. Great. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's go. We've got other questions here that are not not related to this one. But and do you guys have anyone else of like stretching your dreams of, of who we could capture? I didn't even get a chance to think about it. My, okay. my brain's been everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Someone in the vein of like like Alexander Teddy or Adrissa Gay or Harvard Nordvite, like a sort of lower EPL championship type. Defensive midfielder Tim Ream in the same sort of reign, although he's obviously a central center back, but someone in that in that genre of player. That's who I want. I agree with the assessment. I mean, I like I like the idea of a center back and a and a six in the midfield, and, and kind of see what happens with that. I just haven't had a chance to really yeah play a D- it out. A DP uh, bring Omar Gonzalez as a DP uh, center back. I don't know what that would be. One point five million. Maybe maybe those guys. I, I don't know. What, I let me, ask, numbers, let me throw this to you guys. Feels like really that's more than he made when he was younger and with LA. Is uh, I mean I know the front office and the coaching staff is banking on uh, Rodriguez quite a bit right now. Do you guys think is he sticking around, Angelo? Angelo will be here next year. Yeah, yeah he's they've, they've, they've risked too much, but they do need another striker on this team. Um, it doesn't necessarily need. It, it could be more, one of those. Um, uh, a step above the Jack McInerney's, right? Who go everywhere and they kind of, uh, you know. But um, so, so, like, so between Toy and Dunlotty, then what happens there? One, one of them gets. Uh, Toy continues to down. get uh, developed in USL. Yeah. Um, Dunlotty, they try to figure out if he's going to be fifth. But you need someone else in there. You need a. Um, who did Seattle get? Will. Perrin? Will Bruin, right? I was thinking of some some other last name. Will Bruin, who there's there's a couple people listening now because I've savaged Will Bruin. <laughs> I said he was the poor man's Christian Ramirez, and he's obviously turned out to be pretty decent for Seattle. But these guys who are like around the league that um, that that are are 
other people's backups that they might want to offload because they think they can get better. And you can pull those guys in who are American guys who are, you know, developing or something like that. Um, Patrick Mullins is the next Wilbur in. Right. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. He, he's at Columbus, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I had totally forgotten that he had gone to Columbus from DC. He's but, been to like six teams now. <laughs> yeah. And he's like 20. Um, yeah. Yes. Finding those guys and they can, they can fill a part. Um, the problem is we have, we have basically uh, players like Ramirez or Rodriguez, uh, and then we've got players who are extremely untested. And having guys who are, you know, they're not, they're not blowing. You're not taking them home to mom, but you know, look. If you I think the big- ha- if you've had a couple, and you want to, you're just scrolling through your Rolodex, like yeah, I'll put Will Bruin on, and then it turns <laughs> out he's pretty good. Yeah. So. I think the big question with the front four to five players, I basically think that they're, I think they were almost set in those positions, honestly. I, I really do. But the question is the fitness of Dunlady and Molino. And if those guys are fit, then, again, I think we're, we don't need to make many changes up there. And we can focus all of our money and time and effort on the back. But you do but, need a striker. You don't. You think we could go into next year with Toy Dunlady and uh, and Rodriguez? I mean, yeah, yeah, I do. Hmm. Okay, all right. Because I think that we have Romario Ibarra has proven that he can play as a as a striker of last resort. I think that Quintero is already sort of he's like a second striker. Again, we can play him as sort of a false nine. I think that we have we have creative options, and I. I'm not sure that we need to spend a lot more time screwing around with that position. Okay. Hmm. Um, well, two final questions. Uh, one, I actually copied this one twice, so I think I missed. I meant to copy someone else's. But um, which of the players currently signed by Minnesota United should be the next Doctor Who, Eric? <laughs> you, you're you're the official nerd of this. Uh, I, I I don't really watch Doctor Who to be honest. Uh, I like oh. it. I just don't get into it as much. Um, the official Doctor Who. It's got to be Harrison, right? I mean, who's got the most uh, flamboyant uh, personality of, of uh, and no, quirky personality? Um, who would it be? Ibsen, yeah. maybe? I, I mean, Ibsen is always a good choice, especially <laughs> if all, all he ever said was, Hello, my name Hello, is Doctor. Is. Yeah, oh, it's Doctor Who. <laughs> I am Do- Dr. King. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then final question. We were talking about this. Uh, I promised it to you, Alex. Uh, I said... That Boston is the most overrated city in America, and you are going to challenge this. But let me start by saying Boston is one of the most known cities in the United States, behind probably <coughs> L.A., New York. It's up there with Chicago, right? Yeah, it's, on that, it's up there. That, Miami gets that, in there. The second Francisco, tier. If you're from Boston, Latin America, yeah, yeah. everybody knows Miami. Uh, Boston is full of people from Boston, which I don't know if you've met them, but they suck. <laughs> As someone from the East Coast, they're the worst. Uh, driving in Boston is is the worst. It makes no sense. But that's uh, that's that's a plus, not a negative. Yeah, but you can't get around. Um, you and, take the tea. Uh, yeah, everyone is like fake Irish or real Irish. The real Irish is fine, but the fake Irish is really annoying. Uh, and then, um, uh, yeah, then you've got people from freaking Harvard, which again, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, can you, can you beat a city like that? More overrated? Yeah. 
Yeah, because I, I have a city, I can, I can think of a city that is just as well known as Boston, if not m- better known than Boston, uh, and is horrible and humid, and nobody lives there. Nobody actually lives there. Um, and there's nothing to do. And that's the city of Miami. Now, I, I, I want to be clear that the metro area of Miami, there are some interesting parts. I think Miami Beach is a fun time. Um, but the city of Miami itself has all these towers. Nobody lives in them. All, they're just owned by people laundering money. And then the rest of the city is like single-family tracked homes on reclaimed swampland. And for most of the year, nobody can go outside because it's too miserable. So the worst city, the most overrated city in the United States is Miami. Uh, I mean, all right, Eric, do you have a nomination? I, Om- I like that one. Omaha. <laughs> Omaha's got some areas, man. It's not bad. Miami's up there, too. I, 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 the, he hit the laundering part, she Decker did, and that's what I think of as just really, really rich, uh, nasty capitalist Latin Americans and drug dealers and an evil cousin of mine and and you <laughs> it's know, always just one one it, it is like, it is you ruined and the whole counter revolutionaries yeah. and just just terrible terrible people from latin america mostly <laughs> yeah um uh, I, I mean what so what can let's uh, round out the top five here uh um any city in texas but uh, is dallas rated See, Austin is rated. I've never, I haven't been to Austin. Austin is but great, though. I, I have heard people say it's overrated. I have not yet been able to make a in-person analysis. Not overrated. Uh, uh, I don't mind Dallas. I wouldn't put Dallas. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I've never been to Houston, and I know you hate. Houston. Yeah, but no one rates Houston. Oh, okay. Houston is a turd bowl as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say most East Coast places. Uh, Philadelphia, for example, is way overrated, even though it's not particularly high. It's not rated at all. (laughs) (laughs) But people talk about it a lot. Um, I would need to see this. Do people talk about Philadelphia a lot? No. Listen, here's here's the Philadelphia story. There was a couple years ago a big... Tom Hanks. (laughs) No, a big blizzard. Yeah, (laughs) that's the other Philadelphia story. There was a big blizzard that was was bearing down on the East Coast, and Philadelphia was like right in the bullseye. Like it was going to sock Philadelphia. And then what happened? It snowed more in New York and D.C., and Philadelphia got completely ignored. That is so classic Philadelphia. <laughs> Nobody pays attention to Philadelphia. It's, it's, I mean, listen, I think it's very funny. Um, but it, it, this is a city that has a, a, a desperate inferiority complex. So I don't think it can be possibly be overrated. You know what? I do have one now, now that he okay. said that. I'm going to throw D.C. in there, actually. I thought Ooh, I like D.C. Yeah, D.C. for me was super pretentious. Everybody was an asshole. Oh, and- well, D.C. has no culture to it. So, yeah. Yeah, but but it, that but one's it's rated got some amazing for sure. Museums. You're yes, about yes. Rated. great built form, you guys. Uh, so uh, and then now I just remember the the other question. I, I forget who asked it, but um, someone wanted uh, top five non Black Heart of St. Paul bars in the Twin Cities. Hmm. Uh, and Eric, you can help me put it together. Alex, I don't know if you have any nominees here. You've now not been around for a while, but mm-hmm. um, number one for me is is the or number one and two Grumpy's in Northeast and Palmer's in the West Bank. Uh, both bars that are like classic, just class, like just great personality to them. 
uh, pretty di- pretty diverse crowds, which uh, is not that common in in uh, Twin Cities bars, and um, uh, both of them now one is now owned by a, a guy named a bass player named Tony Zaccardi, but he used to yeah, he was yeah, a long time right. bartender at uh, Grumpy's Northeast. So those are those are my my two. But do you, you want to add anything? I to like this? Buster's a lot. Buster's on 28th. Okay. I've never actually been. So. Great great spot. Um, where else would I go? Happy Gnome. Okay. Happy Gnome is a little too St. Paul lawyer for me. Fair enough. But. Um, I still like the Nomad. I have really good memories of the Nomad, especially when it was new. Yeah. You know, a decade or whatever ago. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, in terms of uh, fancy uh, places, uh, Norseman Distillery is really hip, and I really, I, I think like, man, this is like overly hip, but yeah. it still it pulls it off. I have so. to plug the Acadia, I feel like, because I spend most of okay. my time there just because we, right wa- next to we walk out of yeah. the studio and barely spend yeah. a, a second outdoors, and we're in in, in the Acadia, and the, the owner is really cool to us and generous, so respect to the Acadia. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and in my memory, I'll finish it off with Turf Club, old Turf Club. In the old days, before it was a venue ruined by First Avenue, mm, yeah, um, it's one of the great St. Paul bars, uh, and and one day someone will wrest it from First ha- Avenue's hands and just turn it back into a bar. Um, but Groveland uh, Tap, man, you Groveland could just say Tap, four hundred bar. bar. Yeah, I'll take it back further than that. Four hundred bar on the oh, corner there. Yeah, that's the long dead. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the the list. Um, I'm happy to to go. I've been going out to a lot of uh, now being in this business, trying to go to way more bars because I used to just go to where it was comfortable. So I went to Lawless Distillery last weekend, and the, uh, went to Herd's Bend, which is Westgate on hmm. University, um, which you know, both of them are cocktails. Uh, I liked Herd's Bend a decent amount. Um, uh, Anyway, yeah, we, I'm, I'm trying to check the place out. So I'm always my, taking taking uh, recommendations. Yeah, but. we're jumping a little bit. I don't know if breweries was a separate or included in in this bar situation. But over the the B Day weekend last weekend, we discovered this little place. I'd never heard of it. Uh, Fifty Six Brewing. Have you heard of this? Yeah, north in northeast. Oh man, it's small, kind of tucked away. <clears throat> One of the best stouts I've had in the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Great. It was really good. I left with a growler. I should probably, yeah. probably should have got more because, boy, for a small place, yeah, they, they nailed it. All right. There, we've now uh, we've now finished it off. Overrated cities and best bars. Uh, this is going to be the whole offseason. <laughs> yeah, that. that's right. <laughs> but, um, you know, just a, just a reminder, you know, next week, I think we'll just be, be off unless I get the, the spirit moves me. But, um, you know, Notch and, and Co. and... And those guys from We Call It Soccer have their uh, live show. Go check them out. Uh, and then the week after that, November fourteenth, uh, we'll do. I'll, I'll have the podcast live with um, Bruce McGuire, Jeff Reuter, and um, we'll kind of do a, a, a all macro level stuff. Right? I've got a few big questions I want them to kind of evaluate the season with. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone, and uh, thank you, Eric. Thanks, Alex, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon.